we come to you and thank you for uh, this time together. May everything that we do think and say bring glory and honor to your holy name. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we were talking about the whole idea of, of uh, putting up the canvas and painting and making a, a picture of this whole thing about the law, operating inside the law, operating outside the law. That's why when we talk about Jew, it said they were lawless. When you See, when you are lawless, then what type of culture are you going by? You see? And that's, that's, I think that's very important to, to understand that as we uh, go further now. Uh, look at what we say here. Uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in uh, Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done, has done in the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteousness required of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. In our review, the unique dynamics of God's law and kingdom principles. One, we've said this over again, it clarifies boundaries. Two, it corrects, stops, prevents, and punishes violators. Three, it controls and maintains balance in the life of its recipients. And four, it creates a culture. Understand, these dynamics work. I don't care if Al-Qaeda um, took over. They will set up their rules, and they'll do the same thing. It might be crooked, but do the same thing. If you don't obey, there's punishment. I mean, just a, a number of things happen. They want you to be clear as to how they feel about certain subjects. See, they set up their law. But God says, I have a law. I'm in control. I'm the one who put the whole concept of law into place. And, and what I want to do is for you to have clarity. I want to correct whatever you're doing. And I want to control and, main, and, the, and maintain a balance uh, in your life. And then to create a new culture. A new culture. And when we think about a new culture, we think about the Jews and the whole idea that at one point, before they asked for a king, this was out of all the nations, all the other nations had kings. The Jews never had a king until they asked for one. But God was governing them, and they were unique people. And I mean, they had their act together. And they wanted to have a king, and God says, Samuel, don't get bent out of shape. They didn't reject you. They rejected me. As we travel the new way, there are still blessings and consequences for our actions. So let's, let's get on with it then. There are several things that are still standing. Let's read together. One. Two. There are still consequences for disobedience. Three, there's still God's promise to Abraham. Four, there's still the need for a total eradication of sin. Four, five. There's still a need for a greater clarity and growth for those who are in Christ. I think that's important. And lastly, 
we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Um, every day is ticking toward that. We get, we get distracted by so many different things. But understand, every day, every time you wake up, we move closer toward the time where there will be time will be no more. God have made us creatures of eternity. And there will be a fact when time will be no more. So as we move on here then, consider this. At no time are we permitted to pick and choose what part of God's word we will ignore for our convenience without suffering the, the consequences. I keep thinking consequences, okay? Consequences. I think that you just cannot say, well, I'll obey God here and I'll do my Bible study. But when it comes down to holding on to anger, I'll hold on to anger. God says, no, you don't. So, yes, I will. Then guess what? If you hold on to anger, then, un then understand I have a rule here. Be not deceived. God is not marked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Whatever God tells us uh, to do and we don't do it, don't think that God, there's going to be thunder coming out of, uh, out of the skies and lightning. God does not do that with his children. You know the thing that always scared me as, 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 a, as a, uh, a person who um, has walked with the Lord? God's silence. He doesn't scream at us. He doesn't have anybody. He, he's one parent that does not do all of that. The Holy Spirit quietly convicts us about the sin. And then he, the Holy Spirit wants us to deal with it. And then all of a sudden there's a silence. And I remember a part of my life where there was a silence, and that silence scared me because I knew, I, knew I, I knew what God would do with far as his children. And, I, and God was silent in my life, and I knew I was wrong. I just knew that I was going to, I didn't know when I was going to get it. I knew that I was going to get it. And I said, Lord, I said, this silence is killing me. I said, and, and so it's from that point that I, there was a turning point in my life where I said, I'm going to start walking the straight road. I cannot keep harboring or dealing with these things that displeases God. Okay. It's not, how can I put it? Sure, there are storms out in the south and all these, and, and all these other things. The thing that, that I'm more concerned about now is I don't want to disappoint God. Is there someone you love that you don't want to break their heart? See, then God is saying, out of all that I've done, the, the reason that I don't sin, I don't want to sin, I don't want to break God's heart. In the review. Okay, so let's move in then. Uh, understanding the pattern of the old and new. Well, to, to do that, then um, the common thread between the Garden of Eden and now is obedience to the word of God. Yes, there was fruit on the tree, and yes, uh, Adam is blaming Eve and all these other things, and then there's the serpent, but no, 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 no. The real, the real issue in the Garden of Eden was obedience. What's the word? Adam, didn't I tell you, <laughs> didn't I tell you don't bite of the fruit? What did I say if you bite of the fruit? The moment you bite of the fruit, you should surely die. Do you think I was going to let you slide on this? You know? And so then, since Adam blew it in that area, now Jesus Christ comes, and he's obedient even to the death of the cross. See the difference? In, in the Garden of Eden, it was disobedience. Then, the, uh, then Jesus, the Son of God, to die for our sins, 
He then had to die on the cross of Calvary. Oh, now I see. Satan is tempting Jesus and saying to Jesus, if you bow down to me, I'll give you all these nations. <laughs> Jesus, you have got to be kidding me. You got your people mixed up, you know. You're going to give, I made the nation, I created all the, you're going to give me something I have made. How does that sound? And so anyway, Jesus Christ did not bow because it was, he had us in mind all the way to the cross of Calvary. Everything he, he was hit with, he had to stay obedient. One moment, one inch of disobedience to the Father, and we will be in trouble. And I'm so glad that under the new law, then obedience is the call of the day. No excuses. Then we go on. Romans 8, uh, 8, 3 through 8. It says this. There is therefore now no condemnation to, those, condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, now I notice what I'm going to start doing. I'm going to start putting the coloring in because I want you to see the repetitive words. Now watch what happens. It says, the law of the spirit of life have set you free from, uh, in Christ from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the what? Could not do. But sending his own son in the likeness of sinful. And for sin, he condemned the sin in the. See, see, what, keep, see what keep coming up now? I, just, I went to those. I read it earlier. This time I started coloring and all of a sudden it started popping up, doesn't it? The first you see, the first you see Holy Spirit, right? Now he brings in flesh all right follow me as we keep going now as we keep going then it says Romans 8 4 in order that the righteousness of uh, requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the but according to the see what's going on here okay go on to the next verse for those who live according to the set their minds on the things of the and those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the... Now we bring in another component. We have now, now we have, we said the Spirit. Then we said the flesh. Now we talk about the mind. Three different entities. First we have the Holy Spirit. Then the physical man, physical contact. Then <laughs> this cranial substance of ours, the mind, the thoughts. As a man thinks in his heart, what? He says, now, here's what he says. I'm going to put these components together. And the reason I'm painting this picture, because we are running into some everyday problems. Because here's how God is saying this thing should function, and it's not functioning. And we are running into some very serious situations as a result of it. Romans 8, 6. For to set your mind, minds on the flesh is what? Death. But the mind of the spirit is Life and, okay, so wherever you set your mind on, see where it is, then if it's on the spirit, you have peace, okay? If it's on, uh, on the flesh, on the thing that you want to do, on the physical, on the world thing, this is it's death, okay? Very clear, very clear. Okay, uh, 8, 7, notice what it says. For the, for the set, uh, for they set their minds on the flesh is what? hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. 
Indeed, it cannot. Get this now. It cannot. Not only it doesn't, it cannot submit to God. The mind of the flesh does not. That's why people don't want to hear God. They don't want to. They have no desire to. Wrong. Those who are in the what? Flesh cannot do what? Well, you know what? I went down to uh, Texas and I helped with the hurricane and everything else. And I did this. I gave my money and I did that. And God says, mm-hmm. Oh, and I did this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I gave and I almost gave my life. God says, mm-hmm. He says, all your works of righteousness, as far as I'm concerned, is as filthy rags. Because you decided to operate in the flesh. Because you still don't honor me, and you still don't put me first. Therefore, whatever you do is of, of no consequence. But if you walk according to the Spirit, see, there's peace. See, productivity. Everybody with me so far? Okay. So then, then we move on. Thinking it through. The paradigm shift means that everything must Revert to zero. Old things are passed away and everything uh, has become new. Uh, Second Timothy, uh, 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 Timothy, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 5.17, thank you. And it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are what? Behold, all things become, that is called the paradigm shift. Uh, when you talk about um, lobsters and all of the uh, creatural uh, type of uh, creatures, they have to come out of their shell. They cannot stay in their shell. They, they, have to just, they have to come out of it in order for them to get another one. And if they don't come out of it, then they have some very serious problems. But they are vulnerable during that time until they get another one grown. grown. But, uh, but that shell will become their grave. Therefore, they have to come out of that shell and they get a new shell. Okay, and it's a new thing. Uh, the law kept us in prison until Christ set us free by faith. The Holy Spirit has sealed us until the day of our redemption when Christ returned for, for us. Okay, under both of these conditions, there is a consistent pattern, an established culture of living that has an undeniable demand for obedience. The law demands obedience. The Holy Spirit demands obedience. Just because you're saved does not mean now you can do whatever you want. Some of, the things, there's some of the things that the world is doing right now that we should not be involved in. There's some of the things that we, um, we, we think is okay. And God says, no, it's not okay. Because you're going to get involved. The closer you get to Solomon and Gomorrah, after a while, not only we pitch tents outside of it, sooner or later you're going to be living inside of it. God says, I want you to live a straight and narrow way. That's what God wants for each and every one of us. Clarifying our thoughts for this morning. Romans have given us a vocabulary of words that we must take very seriously. It will be the cause of great victory or de uh, devastation, devastating defeat. One, the spirit. Two, the mind. Three, the flesh. The three words. The spirit, the Holy Spirit. 
He represents the new law, the new culture, the mind. That's, that's the mind that God has given us, the thought, our making the decisions. The flesh, our bodies, how we use it to the glory of God or whether we uh, do it to do our own thing. What happens with the flesh is this. The flesh will only respond to the, uh, is, is a responder, either to the spirit or to the mind. So if your mind is set on the things of God, the flesh will be on the things of God. If your mind is on the things of the world, then the flesh will be on the things of the world. You take right now, what are you doing right now? What are your goals? What things? Is it more, are we really anticipating Jesus Christ returning for the church? Oh, we hear about it. We have songs. Uh, and I remember songs way back about uh, that Jesus Christ is coming back. But they have all of these songs, but it's, we are closer to him coming back now uh, than we were then. And we should be, more, we should be looking for his coming. See? But uh, we have radar saying, <laughs> the hurricane is coming. And guess what? Everybody, they show it on the radars and everything else, right? The hurricane is coming. And here's the name of the hurricane. Here's where it's going to hit. Here, here's how powerful it's going to be. The hurricane is coming. And the folks, and some of the folks who waited to the last minute when they realized, uh-oh, I don't think I'll be able to ride out this storm. And, and God, but God is saying, my judgment is coming. To the believers, he said, before the judgment comes, he says, Jesus Christ is coming for you and me. No more worrying about time. We stand before him. Our whole lives are laid out before him. He'll judge us. And then there's an agenda that we'll be on as God work out his major plan. And we will be with him forever. There is something, there is a hope and a joy that should keep us singing. If you don't have a song, if we're going through, a, through the day and don't have a song in your heart, when the Lord tells us to be singing with melody in our hearts, you mean to tell me you know the Lord? He saved you? You're on your way to heaven and so glad? And you don't have a song? What type of culture is... And then you're going to tell somebody else to accept Jesus? And they say, uh-uh. <laughs> At, at least we have some songs over here. Say, so you're trying to take my song away. <laughs> and I'm going to act like you? Nah, I want to go there. You see? That's, that's why, where is your song? The reason that we are not singing, because now either one, we don't really know who we are. Or number two, we have a very bad theology. And having a bad theology affects how we think and affects how our action, it affects our emotions, it affects how we operate through the course of the day. We, we think that we go to Jesus only when we're in trouble. When we, start, when we wake up, we start thinking, uh, when we wake up and we're really walking with the Lord, all of a sudden your ears become sensitive. You hear birds singing. I don't know whether you with that. I don't know whether you're so busy. You not what bird are you talking about? Birds singing. Did you see the squirrel that squimpered over there? Did it have, Did it catch your attention? Did 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 
the world opened up to you. Did, the, did you notice that the clouds had a different form as you was coming in? What clouds? I kept my eye on the, on the road. Well, you mean to tell me that you were so involved in life that as God displayed his glory and let the sunshine come up over the horizon, you didn't see all of that? It didn't thrill your soul? And you were going to come to worship uh, worship God and then walk into the church and say, I didn't get nothing out of it. Of course, you, you didn't bring nothing into it. You were, your, your antennas were turned down. That's why I told you that a lot of folks walk around and they are consumers. They go and they expect that they're supposed to get something, and if they don't get it, they blame the person who understands something. Whenever you come to worship God, you're supposed to bring something to him. Amen? So then, this, this, this is so important. Um, the spirit who gives all of the, the, the directions, guidance, encouragement, convictions, you see, uh, outcome, fulfill, uh, fulfillment of the law, life, and peace. The mind, our will, intellect, and emotions, the function of the mind will de uh, determine the focus and direction and function. And then we go to this last one. We talk about the flesh, the old regenerated self, our physical contact and influence the mind with the temporal function of this world. The reaction of the flesh is self-centered, hostile to God, inevitable uh, end to death, it's death, incapable of being submissive to God, incapable of pleasing God. That's what happened when you operate in the flesh. I put that there because I put that here for, uh, for this week. This week, uh, I received a call in the office. I was dealing with a couple who had been married for two years. Two years. Came in for counseling. Uh, we, and I told them this is a biblical counseling. They said, we buy, we buy into that. We, biblical counseling and everything else. And as a result of it, we, um, uh, we talked. And we really found out, the last session, we found out what the real problem was. It was one of those hallelujah moments. Now we can start building things up on it. And then she called at the office and said, my husband and I are not coming back. We're getting a divorce. See, getting a divorce. The husband was sitting in the living room as she was talking, or wherever it was. Husband was not too far from the phone. And she was saying, we're getting a divorce. He doesn't want to talk anymore. <sighs> you know, I have the proof to back me up to be very emphatic. Whenever a couple gets a divorce, they have violated the laws of God. You, I have never seen a couple who walk in the spirit get a divorce. I have never, 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 never. The only thing that causes divorce in the marriage is sin. Well, you say, no, no. say well, this person did this. No, that's the result of sin. That's the smoke. The thing that caused it was sin. Now, my question is, how did you deal with the sin? And if we are walking in the, in the spirit, you see what I'm saying? Then that capacity to sin would not be there. Then here comes the excuse. 
I'm only human. Okay, then we may as well go back to the Garden of Eden with all the excuses until we get back to the point of making up our mind right now. Obey God. Stop the mess. Obey God. What does it take to say, I'm going to obey God right now? Well, see, if this person acts right. This has nothing to do with that person acting right. Will you obey God in the storms? When you obey God in the storm, he'll, he takes care of the storm. He knew the person was going to act crazy the moment that you got saved. You see, the moment you got married, he said that person going to act crazy. You, God is not shocked. You think you go to God and God said, oh, that person did that? Oh, man. What are we going to do? You, if we're serving that type of God, we're in trouble. We serve a God who's in control. And that's why I say when we're talking about the law, since we are under a new culture, this culture is inflexible and doesn't care how you feel about it. Doesn't care whether you're angry. Doesn't care whether you become rebellious. Because God says, in my, dealing with something that represents my name, uh-uh, you don't come up into my house after my son died for you, suffered for you on the cross of Calvary. Then I chose you before the foundation of the world and pulled you through this whole process, worked out your complete future, and you can cop an attitude, you got your people mixed up. I like what I always use, sister. <laughs> See, I always look at use her statement. So then I, I think it's so important that we keep that in mind so that we understand about that flesh and the spirit. I think it's very important. That link, when that, that young lady told me that, and I said, well, listen, um, I knew at that point when a person's hurt like that, you can only say so much. I said, I just want to know one thing. My phone is always open. Call. Okay. Because at that point, I, I'll be intrusive. I'm not going to be intrusive. A person have to want to. If they don't want to, okay, because understand the key. The key wasn't this person acting crazy and that person acting crazy. Craziness, that's only the action from something else. Let's go a little bit deeper. Craziness comes from thinking, right? Thinking coming from where you're standing. You don't think st crazy when you're walking with Jesus. You think crazy when you're not walking with Jesus. So my question is, every time a couple come through the door, do you tell the truth all the time? You know what they say? Yeah, well, summertime. Oh, see, so I'm, my concern is the summertime. I'm concerned, why is it that you don't tell the truth all the time? So it's important that we keep that in mind. Obedience. A willing and favorable response to the will of God. Sin. It hinders our fellowship with God and can cause irreversible damage to us and others. Repentance. It restores and continues God's purpose in our life. Defining the term. An initial and perpetual change of mind. A complete turnaround of thoughts and intentions and actions for life. And that's what I mentioned to you last week. When it comes down to repentance, it's not Repentance is not accepting Jesus Christ and I repented of my sins and I'm walking with Jesus. No, listen to me. Repentance is a lifetime experience. Let me repeat that to me. Repentance is a lifetime experience. What, what do I mean by that? First, we have to understand the word. Let's be good at the Let's put uh, repentance on the table. Repentance means 
a change of mind. It means turning in the other direction. Scripture says that God repented, see, which means he changed his mind. He went in another direction. So what happens is, as I walk in life, if there's something that God points in my, my way that I've been doing a long time and God says, that's wrong, We're con I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit, then what I do, I change my mind and go into another direction, not going in that area again. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit is saying, you're going in the wrong direction, therefore, you turn around and go this direction, and we guess what, the more Every time you do it more quickly, the closer you get to the Lord. You hear what I'm saying? Every time I, the Lord points out something and you immediately respond, God is saying, now you're listening to me. Why should I bless you with great things when you won't respond to me in little things? So when you repent, when you change your mind, when you go in another direction, this is under the new law. Under the new culture, see what I'm saying? It's the law. What is it? It's the under the new culture. The law says, "Here's how you treat sin." And number one, God is totally. There's nothing good about sin. It will destroy your life. Expanding the concept, spiritually and judicially enabling us to become the sons and daughters of God through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so mentally and physically dealing with destroying every activity of the flesh that will resist the will of God as we grow to know him in an intimate way. When we, when we do this, when we obey the Lord, we find that God is really able to walk uh, and talk with us in this way. And uh, we find uh, that it's not hard to pray. You know, it's not a labor. You have to you have to strain to pray. Um, prayer should be natural. You should be praying to God all through the course of the day. Which it should be an attitude of prayer. Well, you're over-religious now. Oh, are we? <laughs> are we? We have other, we have other uh, cults and everything else that they are going through all of this and they're serving um, idols demons and here we have the living God who gets it now he's we don't have to go to him he's dwelling in us we don't have to scream I hear folks oh no they don't have to scream. you don't Lord said, I'm not deaf I'm right here I don't, all you have to do this talk and in those quiet moments in those moments God speaks to your heart and what he wants you to do is listen. In those moments, also, take a time out to just thank him. You get in your car, Lord, thank you for the car. <laughs> thank you that it turns over. Thank you that it gets me from A to B. See? Thank him. Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And try me and know my thoughts. 24, and see if there be any grievous way in me or wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is what, this is what David said. Search me, O God. Not my friends. I want you to do it, Lord. I think that's, that's very important. 
we've been placed into God's rigorous uh, clean, uh, cleaning and purging program, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, my brethren, we put, him in, he, he put us in the gymnasium. I think about Gus talking about working out in the gymnasium. Um, when you work out in the gymnasium, then he says, okay, now here's some of the things you need to do so you get all that flab off of you. Finally, brothers, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are what? Whatsoever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are commendable. If is there any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, what are we supposed to do? Think about these things. Think about these things. Why? Now, here's, here's the reason why. What you have learned and, and, uh, and received and heard and seen in me, practice, there that word, these things, and the God of peace will be with you. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. God says, that's what I want. See, here's what the new mind thinks on. Here's our filtering system. Um, Doug and I was, was talking about this whole idea, idea of Halloween um, and uh, dealing with this whole subject of Halloween. Um, is, uh, and, you know, what's your position on Halloween? A lot of us go back to our childhood and say, oh, I had a good time. And I had okay. And so uh, I said, maybe I need to teach on this. But may I give you a, some heads up? Go to Wikipedia. All you do is go to Wikipedia. Go to Wikipedia and look up Halloween. See what the apple stands for. See what the pumpkin stands for. See, I mean, this, it gives you the full history of all the things. When I finished reading all of that, I said, let me download this. I said, I'm going to put it in my file. Uh, break it down and get you know get some sandwiches to to really teach this thing and some of the other sources because uh, a lot of churches doing this and this in the lieu of Halloween. I say okay, then let's take it to the filtering system. Number one, it's a true, it's an honorable, it's a just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, praiseworthy. And, and then the thing that came to my mind is, would I take Jesus with me trick or treating? Knowing that it got started in worshiping demons. Am I going to take Jesus? Well, they're not doing that now. We're, we're doing the evangelistic thing. Also, we're going to go on an evangelistic thing. Ah, it's amazing what the type of excuses flesh come in to participate with the world. The closer we get to the world, the more relaxed, rationalized. And the more we rationalize, Halloween doesn't change because of us. We change because of Halloween. I said, boy, you know, you, you're kind of hard on that area, huh? Oh. You, you know, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Forgive me of the rabbit trail. I'll wrap this up pretty soon. If I said in the course of Halloween, people came in with, with cause you can wear almost any type of costume, right? Is it okay to wear any type of costume? Good. Then I'm going to wear a costume of a Klansman, and I'll be carrying a rope 
and I'm coming to your house saying, <laughs> trick or treat. <laughs> now, now understand now, it's all because anything goes with Halloween. It's the dead. And there's no, there's no clarity as to sta the standards and the quality of those who died. Oh, but we're celebrating. No, we're not celebrating on that. Oh, wait a minute. You see, you, now you're trying to change the rule under their law. But their law, that's their culture. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me get, get back on the, on the road. As we walk with the Lord, there will, will be many things that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us, uh, us what must be addressed. If it's sin, do what? If it's witnessing, what are you supposed to do? If it's bringing closure to a relation, uh, relational conflict, do what? Initiate it. If it's sharing with those who are in need, do what? Get involved. If it's organized and managing our time according to the will of God, do what? Yeah, I should put that right now to it, huh? <laughs> Get started. I mean, when it comes down to the Lord, confess it, witnessing, just do it. Being closer to a relational conflict, initiate it. If it's start sharing with those who are in need, get involved. If it's organizing and managing our time according to the will of God, get started. N not tomorrow, right now. One last thing. That means the preacher's getting ready to wrap this thing up and sit down. Let's read it together. Every decision we make is not an accident, but deliberate. And we will have to give an account. Please let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us on this journey of life. It's structured under the new law. Because you see, it's the law. It's the law. You, you try to convince people, listen, if they didn't listen to Jesus, there's some folks who won't listen to you. Even if, if, they, if Moses, they say, if they raised him from the dead and they didn't believe, people saw Lazarus come from the grave and still didn't believe. So then understand, when you witness and tell folks about Jesus Christ, don't expect them to fall on their knees and say, hallelujah, thank you for the truth, and I'm going to walk in the light. You're going to walk into folks who still will not believe. Our responsibility is not the results is putting it out there so that they have no excuse. Amen. We've been very patient. And uh, as we uh, close uh, this morning, I just want to pray for you as an individual. As we do some reevaluation, remember the, the mind uh, and the flesh. And the body. And as we think about these considerations, then we want to uh, make sure that we, the, the last song that we're getting ready to sing, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on me. We stand, and I also want to pray for you while you're standing.